Hello, Nevadans. This is the NV Politics Podcast, where we discuss local political hot topics in the state of Nevada to keep you informed on what's going on. We're your hosts. I'm Dominique Labonte. And I'm Tim Hannafin. And we're recording this episode of NV Politics on April 20th, 2023. So let's get into it. Not a coincidence. <laughs> Here we are, 420, everybody. I mean, uh, come on, we have to at least acknowledge it, especially in we, this state. It's we not do. Gonna be in the, it's not going to be in the bill update section, but there was some, you know, deaths to mm-hmm. some uh, cannabis-related bills and things that happened. So there was some movement there. We're not going to talk about it, but that's true. That's true. There was some in, in our state. You know, we're the state of vices. <laughs> we sure are. So today we are going to talk about a couple of things. First. Vice President Kamala Harris visited Northern Nevada to discuss reproductive rights. So we're going to spend a few minutes talking about that. We're going to do a quick update in a new segment called Rehash, where we're going to do a quick update on some things that we've talked about in prior episodes. And then, of course, our What Broke Your Brain segment to round it all off. So we're actually going to rehash first. So I'm going to let Tim get that part going. All right. And the first rehash browns. Oh, I mean rehash. Sorry. <laughs> Food's on the mind. And I'm going to make love that joke. Browns. I'm going to make that joke this week. We'll stop making it eventually. <laughs> um, but for the first part of the rehash, I actually just want to give a general update. We talked about how efficient slash inefficient our legislature was in the past. We had a first deadline. What's moved? What hasn't? We had 941 possible bills that weren't rule changes or general resolutions or things. These were actual bills that did actions. Of those 941, 240 died in this first deadline. So Mm -hmm. we're now dwindled down to 700 bills going into the next deadlines, going into the session. So... I'd say based on the past, we're probably following very much in track with our prior legislation efficiencies where we see about a 50 to 60% overall completion rate. Some of those bills or at least some statistics from that, we had 117 of those come from Republican legislatures. Hmm. Uh, that's you know equally important because that means that despite them not submitting an equal amount of overall requests, mm-hmm. They're getting a good amount actually moved through, through. and nice. there's less dying as a result of just inaction, or at least that's from what I gathered. But some key things that did die, uh, all of the Republican voter changes that they wanted or the crazy you know, voter bills that they were trying to push through. Yes, restrictions, the, changes. The voter suppression bills. <laughs> yes, yes. However we want to label them, those <laughs> seem to have been dying out. Um, some other ones that are, at least I'm a fan of, is the Tesla tax redirecting bill from mm-hmm. our legislator, Heidi Gansert. That Saw one that. has been has been killed. But yep. one that actually I'm really bummed about was the Green Amendment, which was an enshrining of a Nevada green energy and overall clean air, clean growth. Yeah. Just setting those standards in our constitution getting those enshrined there. That has also died. Unfortunate, uh, in- right in time yes. for Earth Day. Yeah, extremely unfortunate. <laughs> uh, those are just some of, you know, the 140 bills that died. There were some other ones where, although you're going to be talking about this, 
restorative justice is likely gone. There were some bills related to that that did actually die. Some of the more extreme ones that were trying to address some education and some punishment, specifically ones from our Senator Ira Hansen, Mm. those were killed out of this first deadline. And with that being said, this is only the first deadline. I think there are at least two Two more. more. I believe two more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of time for more stuff to still happen. On that note, Tim, of restorative justice, you know, just two episodes ago, we discussed Bill Assembly 330 that would ultimately repeal the previous restorative justice law in Nevada schools. So that bill, the Assembly Bill uh, 330, did pass through the committee and is likely en route to passage. And so it appears that Mr. Governor Lombardo will likely have his way in allowing students to be removed or suspended or even expelled for poor behavior um, and remove potential resources for restoration. So that wanted to make sure to give an update on that since we did spend a significant amount of time breaking that down a little bit. And that, yeah, that might be one of the few bills that doesn't see a veto, which kind of actually sucks because <laughs> it sounds like a lot of them will be, and it's just going to be a huge. It's going to be a battle. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I guess we're battle born. So. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very, very true. <laughs> All right. Well, there is your rehash for this week. And now we're going to jump into our main segment. So earlier this week, Tim and I had the privilege of being invited to attend Vice President Kamala Harris's visit to her talk on reproductive rights held at UNR with Mayor Hillary Sheevy and actress Rosario Dawson. And she did hit on a, a couple of things, but I do want to make sure to spend some time talking about Bill SJR7 that recently passed the Senate hurdle. And we'll be moving into the assembly. I'm just going to give a couple of things that are in this bill. The purpose of this bill is to enshrine protection for reproductive rights in the Nevada state constitution. And so this would ensure every individual has a fundamental right to reproductive freedom, meaning they get to make the choice of their own body. Man, woman, person, however they identify, they have the freedom of choice. The state will not penalize action of an alleged outcome of a pregnancy, whatever outcome that is, whether it's through abortion, miscarriage, whatever. Uh, the state will not penalize or prosecute healthcare providers for performing abortions or reproductive care services. Uh, as we know, some other states have talked about prosecuting doctors if they um, provide any type of reproductive care services, uh, specifically around abortions. Uh, and then the state will not penalize, prosecute, or take adverse action against any person assisting another individual in exercising the right of reproductive freedom. Again, that is that whole topic of aiding and abating somebody seeking an abortion Uh, outside of their state if their state prohibits it. And so this would be enshrined in the Nevada state constitution, which is really through and through protection for reproductive rights. And we'll see how far this bill goes. I like to think it's got a high likelihood of passage, Um, but we will see. 
this bill goes in line with what polling supports, which says that yes. a majority of Nevadans support the right to choose or at least the right to make their own medical decisions. Just yes. wanted to throw that out there of, you know, it's it's an important thing. And I'm glad that there is at least some loose protections in there on sanctuary states yes. or at least the idea of making us a sanctuary state. Mm-hmm. I wish it had some firmer language about we won't work with any, you know, attorney generals or we won't extradite anyone. Yeah. I understand why that language might not be present because we're trying to get it passed, but I still would have liked to see some of that. Yeah, I think Those that's are my fair. thoughts. Uh, the only other assembly bill around this topic that I wanted to mention was assembly bill 383. I don't have all the details on it, but apparently it's supposed to establish the right to birth control. So I think they're probably trying to protect that one too. Ultimately, Madam Vice President, she really, like I said already, she praised Nevada. We're leading the way. She mentioned our female majority legislature, um, which is incredible. I believe we are the only female majority legislature. So she, you know, obviously highlighted the unprecedented move, uh, unprecedented move of potentially this attempt to ban mefepristone, the abortion pill, which we're all kind of waiting to see how the wind blows that. Uh, she discussed how decisions about our bodies should not be left up to politicians. And she discussed how allowing others the right to choice does not force one to go against their personal beliefs. And that can open up a whole cans again as somebody who was very conservative for uh, a large part of my life. I understand that. Um, but, you know, part of my own wrap up in this, and I won't get into it yet, Tim, I'll, I'll let you jump in, is actually going to be more around that whole messaging portion of this and, and how we continue this movement to get more people on board if that is what's necessary. So Yeah, and at least, I don't know if this is where we were going, but I want to make sure that this is talked about because this is equally as important that she she made sure she honed in. But these choices and what we have to do, we have to act at every single level of government. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but now even, yes, the school board are races that could be affecting things like this because the school board helps hire the teachers and hire the school administrators who make the curriculums, who decide, you know, what our students are being taught about general reproduction and, and making sure that they are being taught both appropriately and safely and, you know, getting mm-hmm. the proper information so that they can navigate life in a safe and proper manner and having the real conversations with our students, it, it matters who our sheriffs are. But then equally, the point that I think is always missed is it's awesome if we get uh, Senate Joint Resolution 7 and Assembly Bill 383 passed. Those would be great, but it would be equally horrible if next election cycle... Our, our Congress and our Senate, deci- our National Congress and our National Senate decide to put forward bans that moot our state constitution. Sure. Because anything done on a federal level, it takes away what's happening on our state level. Yeah. And it, it goes into, again, I think what we're go- both going to be somewhat talking about, but we have to be looking at it and we have to be remembering that they are trying to take away one right to see what they can take away next. Yes. And once they find that they have a Supreme Court that will allow them to take away a woman's choice to health care, 
they will put forward a ban mm-hmm. because the Supreme Court has shown they'll uphold the ban. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it's, it's a really scary thing. And we have to be acting with every single vote we cast. We can't be, I hate to say it, but you can't be splitting a vote just because you, you like the other person better. You have to be looking at every single person's views and making mm-hmm. sure that every single person you're voting for is aligning with what you want them to actually be putting forward. Yeah. The split ticket right now is leading to the inefficiencies we're seeing in our legislature mm-hmm. where all of these bills are going to be passed and every lobbyist I hear talking about is like, well, yeah, but they're going to they're going to get vetoed by the governor anyway. So it's like, what are we doing? This split government that we have because people were so mad with one person and how they responded to something in our government, it's not going to work well in the future and mm-hmm. we can't be doing it. It's just my, my final takeaway, at least, if we want to kind of dive yeah, into those. let's do it. The the key thing that at least I took from the talk, and I know it wasn't meant for me, but it's one of those messages that even though it's not meant for my myself and my own identity, I still like to take it and I still like to resonate with it. But it's keep showing up and keep fighting. When you want to throw your hands in the air, roll your sleeves up instead, because it's, it's the fight that we have to have. Mm-hmm. And that leads me into my breaking of my brain, so I'll let you finish off this okay. topic. It feels like our wrap-up is very similar, so I actually um, put this quote in my Instagram post in reflection on this, but it's a quote that um, the vice president shared during the talk, and it's a Coretta Scott King quote where um, it says, struggle is a never-ending process. Freedom is never really won. You earn it and win it in every generation. And she said this in regards to the audience, uh, again, we were at UNR, so it was a lot of young people. And she was encouraging the young people to continue the, to push the fight forward, right, for their generation and to know what this is, that this is an ongoing battle, right, to your point, Tim, and that their voice is needed. I will say I know a lot of Gen Zers who are actually really annoyed with us saying that the future kind of relies on them. Like, why are you putting all this pressure on us to fix everything? Um, older generations, like get it together. If you know, it's already wrong, like help too. And I think to Kamala's point around everybody needs to kind of fight for this is my personal ad is I believe the messaging around this topic is so important and not only just the messaging per se, but who is committed to the messaging. So Tim, you know, you said, Hey, I don't know. Like this is necessarily for me, right? You as a white man, yeah, she she was trying to talk to the, uh, like specifically the quote where she was like, you know, keep showing up and keep fighting. Mm -hmm. She was trying to talk to the, I, I knew who she was speaking to and she was speaking to the young females in the room because the young minority females in the room because they're the voices who statistically and time and time again are silenced when they try and show up and i will say that before i'm even saying it wasn't meant for me because i know that getting that message to them is even more important because so i'm saying i'm saying the opposite i'm saying this fight requires more men to speak up on this issue and to come together with other well, men. Okay? okay. So like, so go I, ahead. 
this this was going to be my broke my brain, but I didn't make it this because I'm I have to be really careful with what I'm about to say. Sure. But this, I think that this needs to be at least said here. I know through certain means what our state's party plans are for the national convention and how they plan on picking delegates. And it's something that I felt during my election. It's something that I've talked with people and they feel as well. And it is that the Democratic Party is trying their hardest to not include old white men. And to what you are saying, it's not just bringing in it's bringing in everyone. Yes. Everyone has to have a seat at the table and yes. everyone has to have a voice. Not one group has to have a louder voice. No. But like every group has to have a seat at the table. Yes. And we have to remember that like old white men matter. I hate to say it, but like <laughs> they're the largest voting base for Republicans. Yes! And there's a reason why. Yes. Yes. That. So look, we're a representative democracy. And as a Hispanic gay woman, I believe that our legislature should be representative of our body of people. And that doesn't mean that it should all look like me. <laughs> I should be represented. But I do believe that to, to your point, Tim, and to also the point of most majorities in government are white men. And so they need to be the ones who are pushing forward this conversation. It cannot be just women because if I were to rely solely on women who are 51% of the population, it's still not enough because let's say 40% of women are conservative. Okay. If they are conservative, then that all I have then is whittled down to maybe 60% of that, fif- uh, of that 50%, right? The 51% that I said, it's never going to be enough if it's only women having this conversation. And so I fully believe that men need to be part of this messaging and to each other, right? I think about in 2020, when uh, the social movement around Black Lives Matter was coming up, how it was so important to learn that discussion about racism or anti-racism needed to happen in spaces where Black people weren't. I needed to have a responsibility to talk to people within my circles who are not from the Black community and tell them my learns and how I think we should evolve to be anti-racists. It is the same for this issue. Men need to be having conversations with other men where women are not around to say that they need to make progress here as well. So that's, that's my own personal ad around this. Um, and then also getting rid of the language around subjugation of women, because it just does not resonate with the conservative base. So We've got to find other ways to articulate the negative impact of uh, preventing choice here. So those are my thoughts, Tim. You have any other? Well, I, I know I went off. I apologize. I, 
<laughs> no, no, no. No apology needed. Just I, we just have to make sure it can't just be we're telling men to have the conversation with other men. Because talking with a lot of older men, they don't want to even like they don't feel like they want to have the conversation because they don't feel like they're supported in having those conversations. And that's the other. In that's what, the thing. Oh, I, oh like, like from a like I'm just a man. I shouldn't be talking about this sort of well, thing. Well, it, it it's just it's somewhat that, but it's also somewhat of like, and and I hate to bring it back to politics, but. When you look at the Democratic Party, they're not, it's not even that they're not asking men to have the conversation. They're not asking men to enter the room. Mm -hmm. Like they're saying, no, your place isn't here. Mm -hmm. Or no, we care more about, you know, the other, like we care more about the women's voice here. We care more about mm -hmm. the other, like the other people's voice. Yeah. I, I hated to say it, but I looked at those who won the democratic primaries and unless you were a male who was an incumbent or a male who was a minority in some way mm -hmm. you weren't you weren't on the ticket yeah and, and, I, and i've said this to you tim <laughs> uh i do i do have fear that the democratic party is potentially alienating the yeah. white male voter i we need to be very careful not to do that Yep. And so I, I hear what you're saying. We all have to work together. We all have to work together. Um, we all should be in, right? Yeah. All of yep. us. And, and I, mm -hmm. I, I think that this is not to fully cut you off, but yeah, we do need to be all in. And I think this is a great transition to the Break the Brain. Let's do it. Mine started last Friday when I attended a Planned Parenthood rally downtown Reno. Didn't have anything to do that night. Came up on my calendar. Someone invited me and I was like, yeah, why not? Let's go. And in the rally, not, not necessarily the exact same message that the vice president gave us, but a very similar message where we don't know what's next. Mm -hmm. They've put this FDA ban on a drug. Mm -hmm. And if this FDA ban goes forward, who knows what, what else could be politicized? Who knows mm -hmm. what could be the next move? Who knows... Mm -hmm what could be the next drug that they come after. They could start protecting generic or, you know, name brand drugs and only start pulling approval for generic drugs. Mm -hmm. This wasn't what was presented, but this is just where my brain's going right now. We don't know where this is going. And yet at the same time, it comes down to this argument of, oh, but you're, you're killing these babies. Like you're, you're taking someone's life by allowing this to happen. And we have to, we have to preserve the life. And it, to me, it just seems like it's so, you're taking away a freedom that you're so adamantly, like you want to fight for, because everyone that I've talked to on that side fights for personal freedom and individual rights. <laughs> and yet this is such a violation of one's individual right. And yet they refuse to see that and they refuse to look at it and they just want to look past it. And they only want this like, no, 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 but it, you know, the kid, it's killing of the kid. <laughs> And to me, it's kind of what I've been mirroring this whole episode, but there's a boiling frog and we're just letting it happen. Mm -hmm. They're just letting these rights get taken away. They're just letting it go away and they're going to keep supporting it until mm -hmm. something is taken away that they want. Then they're going to realize, oh shit, we fucked up. Yeah. And what are we going to do? Like they're already going to be so far down the rabbit hole that we... Uh, things are already lost, but I don't know how to get across to these people because they end on these arguments of like, well, no, it's, 
it's just about this. Like I, I know for a fact that like so many people have, who have gotten an abortion are mentally affected for it for the rest of their life. And it's like, I, even if you, even if that is true, is that your choice to say they don't get to make that decision? Like mm-hmm. I, and, and to them, yes, it's their choice still because yeah. they don't, they don't want to even give them the, the mental anguish of it. And it's like, but you're not letting them choose. Correct. To... Yeah. Regardless. And I, I mean, it's a, sure. It's a traumatic event, but the women yeah. are making the choice for themselves to do it because out of anybody who exists, they know their situation best. Yeah. And, and I'm, my brain is so broken with this whole thing because to your point, at the end of the day, we need to bring everyone along and mm-hmm. people need to be having conversations with their friends. And, you know, the boys at the pub need to be talking about this and just the boys at the pub, mm-hmm. like th- these conversations need to be happening. Mm-hmm. But when these conversations are going up against just blind stupidity, I... It's very hard for me not to throw my hands up in the air. And mm-hmm. when the vice president said that, like, roll up your sleeves, don't like when it's when you want to throw that spoke to me so hard because every day prior to that, I'd been throwing my hands in the air. Mm. Like I'd just been so lost. And the men in black quote of like, a person is smart, but people are dumb. <laughs> like it, <laughs> holy crap, it's been living with me. And I, mm-hmm. it, I'm just broken because I, I don't know how to proceed. And I want to proceed in a great way. Cause to your point, to what she was saying, like, we got to do something. Yeah. We have to, we have to move forward, but I, we're just facing such stupidity and these frogs are just sitting there like, Nope, I'm good. I don't want to get out of the water. It's pretty warm. I'm comfortable. <laughs> like I like this hot tub and then they're boiling and, and it, it, we got to wake them up. Yep. We got to wake I them just, up. I don't know how, so that's where I'm struggling. I, Tim, I feel this so hard because yeah. the, this, I think, as you know, this is the issue that made me decide to get into politics. <laughs> yeah. And uh, even though, as uh, we've already talked about, I'm married to a woman, right? Um, I don't really have to worry about the issue of getting pregnant, but I want rights over my body. Well, and and uh, this is the point that I keep making, but... Everyone in their conservative circles is saying Obergefell is next. Like, that's what they're coming for next. That's their next target. So you have every right to be equally concerned with this because your your marriage is at risk. That was it. That was the thing, right? Because, yes, to this whole point you've been making, right, about the, the frog boiling or, like, I looked at it as a domino, right? It's a domino to knock over the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And, yes... My marriage, uh, you know, and this was pre this marriage, whatever act they just pushed through, which actually meant nothing. Um, I had genuine concerns and I said, you know what? I cannot sit here and wait around to lose my own rights. And so we have to figure this out. We have to find a way to wake these people up. And here we are, informing yeah, and people I, and educating people. <laughs> I, I hope it goes better than, because I, I don't know why my mind went to this place, but like Galileo and flat earthers. Oh, and I'm not, even, I'm not even necessarily talking about modern flat earthers, but 
just in the sense of before Galileo, the world knew, everyone in the world knew the earth was flat. They knew it. Mm-hmm. It was like they knew. Mm-hmm. Or no, it wasn't even. Galileo was center of the uh, everything. Wrong analogy, but still same thing. <laughs> before Galileo, everyone knew the earth was the center of the universe. Everyone knew it. Right. Uh, until you have to unknow it, right? Yeah, and it took, <laughs> what, one man being prosecuted and then 100 years of after for them to look at, like, we can't be moving this slow, and we, it's got to be going quicker. Yeah, and this is why messaging matters. This is why who's speaking matters. This is why we need to be intentional with learning the other side, everybody. We cannot just sit here and repeat our own arguments. I and have to o- understand the other side and be able other, to appeal to them. And this, this does not apply to the abortion or the women argument, but this needs to be said because it will apply eventually. The other side needs to be opening to teach. Mm-hmm. That is equally as important. Yeah. You cannot have people trying to learn what is what they've done wrong and the and the people that they're going to learn from say well you've done wrong so i'm not going to teach you mm-hmm. or you've done wrong so x y or like yeah. there has to be shame an open, doesn't work shame does not work and i learned that the hard way i think most of us do <laughs> well i i, I it's hard to cuz it wasn't that i myself felt shame it's that i was in an environment where i was being shamed Yes. Simply for existing. Uh-huh. And that Gay person in a church right here. <laughs> I understand. White, white person in college debate, however <laughs> odd that sounds. But I was, a white, I was a white person in college debate. And because of that, I deserve to lose because of the millennia of subjugation that has happened. Mm. And although I took my own purpose to learn about that and learn mm-hmm. what actually happened and come around to my own ways of the arguments and why I will argue for certain things in a certain way now, being shamed was not the way to do that because yep. that, that almost muted me for a couple of years yes. and it turned me off of everything until I went on my own journey years after to discover this. Yes. We have to be willing to teach those who want to learn mm-hmm as much as they want to learn. Agree. I'm with you there. So I'm going to do my broke, my brain, and we'll shift yeah, gears I, a little I'm, bit. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to talk about, which is just funny. So that's why I'm like, yeah, you get to end it. Okay. So here's the thing. Okay. There's no F words today, everybody. Okay. I already swore. <laughs> you did swear, but not this kind of swearing. So if you follow the news at all. And since you're listening to a podcast on politics, I would assume you probably follow the news at least a little bit. One of the Supreme Court justices, Clarence Thomas, has been, uh, I don't want to say under investigation, although that is coming soon. It's been brought to our attention that he has been Receiving a lot of perks and benefits from like luxury vacations. He's sold properties to billionaires for who knows what reasons while his family still live in the houses. He has 
left out significant amounts of income on his tax returns multiple times, including his wife's income. We all remember Ginny, right? She was the one who was um, encouraging the insurrection <laughs> via text messages. And I, what broke my brain around this situation is not that Clarence Thomas has been found in a potentially unethical situation uh, because this dude's been doing shady shit for decades and I'll wrap that up at the end here. But it's that when approached about some of these things, specifically when he was asked about the revenue that wasn't claimed on his tax returns years ago and multiple times, he just pleaded ignorance like, oh, I think I just filled out the form wrong. I didn't understand what it was asking for. And to that I say, Clarence Thomas, you are a member of the highest court in the land. It is your one job to interpret the law. And at very minimum, you should understand the law. And so my brain is completely broken that this man has the audacity to claim ignorance that he didn't understand how to fill out his tax return um, as a means of protecting himself from a potentially unethical situation. So again, this dude's character has always been in question. He literally was appointed upon an unethical situation when Anita Hill testified that he sexually harassed her um, because he should have never been appointed and no one gave a shit. And unfortunately, I don't know if anyone's going to give a shit about this and they're going to continue to let people like this reside on the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land. So that is what's to, breaking my brain. To play the devil's advocate, because I think that these are fun. <laughs> but um, first of all, tax code in this country sucks, all right? Tax law sucks. That's why you so, get a tax person. I'm not yeah. a Supreme Court justice. I have a tax person <laughs> where it's their job to know the law. Pay them money, Clarence yeah, Thomas. Maybe, yeah, okay. All right. There you go. There's <laughs> there's your first one. Second of all, um, I'm pretty sure that if you become a tax lawyer, like that's a specialized form of ta of law. So unless he was actually a tax lawyer, which from everything I'm reading on his Wikipedia page, he was not, <laughs> he might not know all of the legal ins and outs of the tax forms sure. and what's going on. But you know what so, he does know? People. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyers. Well, okay, but, but <laughs> people to, in government. If, but but if we were to if we were to use his wife as any point of a litmus oh test, God. he's he's probably a Republican, which means he doesn't want to spend money. And if he's only making as much as a Supreme Court justice, you know, a tax person probably costs a lot. And if you're a tax person for a Supreme Court justice, you know you're gonna have a premium. So it probably costs too much money? No. 
<laughs> nope. I'll give him my guy's number for the future. <laughs> hey, hey, I've just, I'm, I'm trying Listen, to point it out. I, I appreciate you trying, Tim. I, I really think, think there are too the, many problems with this one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think the one that we could actually dive into or, or does bear it mentioning, but has there ever been a Supreme Court justice who was removed from the bench? No. And that's the that's the important thing to discuss there is the precedent involved of that is the only thing left in government that is a lifetime appointment. Yep. That is the gig for life. Like yep. I mean, yes, technically you could argue Senate and House are gigs for life if you're smart enough, because we're <laughs> seeing some who are getting there. Uh-huh. But California. Uh Kentucky. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Like he, he, yeah. Okay. He was still out for five weeks, but he was mm-hmm. out for five weeks cause he fell down and hurt himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like to everyone's point, despite all the conspiracy theorists, Harry Reed hurt himself exercising <laughs> and caused blindness in one eye. Like Yikes. I love the guy. He's a political idol, but like mm-hmm. it gets to a point where you have to look at, you know, what's going on. And they're, they're, I digress. This is the only one that's a guaranteed you're there until you resign or you die. Yeah. There hasn't ever been a removal. There hasn't been an impeachment of a Supreme Court justice. I haven't read our Constitution fully well enough recently to be able to say there is or is not the means of impeaching a Supreme Court justice. I don't remember there being one. Yeah, I'm unsure. Yeah, and that's the thing. I haven't read it recently enough to know, but... I, I don't, I don't think that there is, and this is this is the conversation that we keep having. There either needs to be term limits set on this. There needs to be some adjustment to the system. There needs to be something that happens. And to all of our a code loyal, of ethics, maybe. Well, a, a code of ethics, but I mean, if we want to look to all of our loyal Republican friends who believe that their constitution needs to be interpreted by the letter it was written on. The Constitution was written in a time where justices weren't expected to live past the age of, I don't know, 45 or 50. (laughs) Yeah. So the idea of a lifetime appointment meant you were there for 10 years. Sure. The idea of a 30-year judge didn't exist to our founding fathers, and that's why they wrote into the Constitution a way to amend it or a way to readjust it or revisit it on a timely manner because times will change and things need to change. and I, I am going to bring this up because I think this is valid, but one of the things that the vice president said that I disagreed with was she said that they were doing everything they could to address the Supreme Court. FDR, when he was having problems with the Supreme Court, threatened to pack it mm-hmm. until they backed off. <laughs> Our current president almost got elected in on promises to pack the Supreme Court and backed off Yeah, before he even did anything. Like, I don't know, there's... That is the one area of government that needs to be addressed, and we seem to not want to. Yeah. Well, let me wrap this up before you do our wonderful outro, Tim, on, look, I think Anita Hill was right all along, and ultimately, we need to believe women, and we need to trust that they can make some good decisions. It wasn't, I I don't know if it's a matter of us believing women or not, or if it's a matter of us caring or not. 
Which is almost worse. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm glad. That, <laughs> like, I don't know which one's worse, but it's, they're equally as bad. Yeah. So, well, let's, no, 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 we don't know. We don't know which one's <laughs> Let's believe women. Uh, let's let them make decisions over their own body. And let's be a voice to support their yeah. decisions. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, that's that. That's all I got. Be, so the outro for the week. <laughs> What is the correction you want to make? Because I saw that in the uh, in the document. What's our email? <gasps> our email. Yeah, I said this wrong last time, everybody. So if you sent us an email uh, based you on the email got address, a mail or demon bounce back. <laughs> you or, probably did. Yeah. Uh, and Let's hope you did, or it went to some random <laughs> yeah, political email. Anyway, Sorry, it's because I now. lied. It's because I lied and said the wrong email address. It's hello at nvpoliticspodcast.com. Shoot us a message if you have any thoughts, if you have a topic you want us to cover. If you have a question or if you just want to say hello, you can shoot an email again to hello at nvpoliticspodcast.com. While you're there, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I don't know where the like buttons are or if they exist, but... Like, Apple the, like it, uh, like us on Apple podcast, like us on the social medias. When we share the things out, give us a rating. I hear that the stars are important, you know, well, the, uh, the stars in the sky, the stars on TV and the stars in the rating, they're all That's equally right. important. Maybe and, some and more the than hearts, others, but the hearts too are good on the social oh, I, medias okay, and comments, yeah, see, comments too. <laughs> yeah. Just, we gotta, we gotta fight that crazy algorithm, but Please listen to us next week. We'll be talking different topics. I think next week we're... We're interviewing we're actually, a guest. Yeah, I was about to say. I wanted, I didn't, I'm not going to sneak peek too much, but uh, the Nevada legislature, we're getting some inside scoops, maybe. Yep. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, actually, I don't know. So this is where I'm like, ah, we'll find out. <laughs> but uh, you'll find out with me, with, with a lot of us. Come back next week. Same place, different topics, same crazy stuff. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.